Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today we're joined by pharmacist Mark Velocity from Family Care Compounding Pharmacy in Florida. Thank you for joining us today, Mark. Well, thank you very much, Linda. It's great to be here with you today. So we'd like to find out more about who is Mark Velocity first. Well, I appreciate that. So I've been uh, literally growing up in pharmacy. My very first job was in a pharmacy when I was only 14, beginning compounding even back then. So this is before computerization, typing on a manual typewriter, filling capsules one at a time on a torsion balance on Saturdays in support of uh, compounding. Fast forwarding to 2023, where we've got really a state-of-the-art, very high-tech pharmacy. So it's very, very different. Mm -hmm. So are you the manager, the owner? Sure. What I'm the, your role? the pharmacy. I own two pharmacies. I own Family Care. I also own Live and Learn Pharmacy. I've done a brief stint as a PCAB ACHC surveyor for accreditation and compounding both sterile and non-sterile. I also sit on the board of directors for the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding. It's really the only advocacy group that I know of in the United States in support of what we do and allows us to be able to compound uh, things like low-dose naltrexone and bioidentical hormones. I'm a preceptor for four different universities in America. I'm a career coach for young pharmacists. I also teach educational programs for continuing education for pharmacists through uh, the parent company that's sponsoring me, uh, Medisca and LP3 Network. I'm a senior facilitator for them. I've worked uh, teaching sterile and non-sterile, advanced non-sterile, business for pharmacists for the last 15 years. And I've taken on a very new role. I'm basically off the bench now as a, as a pharmacist, even though I still uh, work in my stores. Um, I'm a success partner with Medisca uh, Pharmacy Compounding ser uh, Coaching Services. So that's something that's uh, very new. It's uh, being launched really at your program. Wow, that's really interesting. So what do you do in your spare time? I think oh my goodness, yes. you any. Well, it used to be uh, when my son was younger, I was uh, a Boy Scout leader for him and horseback riding with my daughter and all kinds of uh, fun stuff with my wife. We've got a lot of hobbies and projects. Wow. A, a very busy man who doesn't sit still, obviously. No. So tell us about your pharmacies. Sure. The pharmacy, we've been in business for 27 years. I started way back when there really wasn't much support for compounding pharmacies. Back when uh, there was just a publication called the Secundum Artem, and I would learn everything that, that Martin Erickson talked about in that particular publication. And I, for example, learned how to compound a progesterone suppository. And then I would go out literally and market that one thing to physicians and practitioners in Florida. And I just became so impassioned with that, that I wanted to learn more. So I've taken a flagship programs from Medisca, 
sterile compounding, non-sterile. And I've really expanded the scope of what we do to the point where I would say compounding has really eclipsed all the other things that I do in pharmacy. But I've I've probably done just about everything you could think of as a pharmacist. But really my most passionate and exciting thing that I do at my pharmacy is non-sterile compounding. I just love it. Mm -hmm. And what forms do you compound LDN into? Um, right now we compound uh, rapid dissolve tablets, trochies, which are just basically lozenges that you dissolve in your mouth. Uh, capsules, of course, are probably our number one. But one of the exciting things that you might not know about is something called Novafilm from Medisca. So that can bypass, you know, down the hatch into the stomach, then to the liver, then to the blood, then to the biological site of action. So we've got a new product called Novafilm, which is sublingual, but the unique thing about it, it's also mucoadhesive. So it gives your body much more opportunity for absorption in the tiny blood vessels inside your mouth. And it's kind of like a Listerine strip or like a, some of the, uh, there are some commercial products that are like that right now. But, you know, the, the mucosal lining is kind of a moving target. There's a turnover rate with it. And this really makes it bind to that. And we're really looking forward to uh, using low-dose naltrexone in that type of delivery system because it's very novel, very unique. Hmm. Somebody had told me, probably somebody who works for you, I knew that. Um, I don't know how I knew it, but somebody somebody has told me. Yeah, um, it's a very recent development. Yeah. Do you do a, a nasal spray? Do you do I nasal spray? It's, it's my feeling and the feeling that the, the folks that support me at Medisc and LP3, that that should probably start as a sterile compounded pre preparation. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have direct access to the body like an injection or intramuscular, but it's still something that you wouldn't want to introduce a pathogen into somebody's body. So because I don't really focus on sterile compounding anymore, that's not something that I really do. Because mm -hmm. you mentioned two pharmacies, are they run very similar? Yes, they are. Yep. So Live and Learn Pharmacy, a pharmacy I just purchased a few months ago, uh, was nothing but compounding. And uh, my pharmacy was a hybrid of just about everything, DME, retail, and uh, of course, compounding. So what kind of doctors do you deal with in Florida? I know West Coast is mainly naturopathic doctors. I mean, right. are you, do you have MDs and DOs and physicians assistants, et cetera? Right. So MDs would not be the primary here because they don't have prescriptive authority here in mm -hmm. Florida. However, it's interesting. I could take a prescription from an ND in California because they do legally have prescriptive authority and the right to prescribe low-dose naltrexone in California. So if somebody called it in, say, to here, I could fill it. But in ND in Florida, I would not be able to. Okay. So it's very interesting. interesting. But I would say the, the primary prescribers that I see here in Florida would be MDs and probably nurse practitioners, mm -hmm. especially because nurse practitioners here in Florida can be autonomous and they can open up their own practices. And this is really kind of a niche market that's very well uh, supported with uh, nurse practitioners. Mm -hmm. It's something that's really within their uh, power to do that. 
Yes. We find that there are many nurse practitioners who seem to have more time to spend with patients than a doctor. I agree with that. So although I've got some really wonderful prescribing MDs, I will say that in my experience, nurse practitioners do give you more of their time. And because of that, that can be a very powerful experience for a lot of people. Yes. Now, in Scotland, and we're going to start having them in England, we have, <clears throat> let me get it right, it's pharmacy consultant prescribers. Yes. Which very is similar here. something so new. It, they've got right. it in Scotland, but we, we're getting it. Whereby you can. COVID. Yeah, yeah, the way you can have. Um, well, I think in Scotland they had it before COVID, but you can go to your doctor with a uh, doctor, your pharmacist with minor things. Right. Um, and in Scotland they could prescribe LDN as well, but in England I think it's going to be minor things to start with. So, do you have that already in Florida? Yes, we do. So it depends on the state because each state is run like a small country. Mm -hmm. We have different rules um, within the state versus federal uh, law standards and guidelines. But in Florida, we've got two programs. We've got something called test to treat where pharmacists could do uh, a CLIA approved test. And then from that, we would be able to prescribe certain limited things like you're describing in Scotland. But we also have something called a collaborative practice model where we could create a, a collaborative practice agreement with a practitioner and then prescribe things within that agreement. So I would think that prescribing LDN could be one of those collaborative things that we could do moving forward. I think that's really exciting. It is, mm -hmm. I am excited for that too. And I think that the world has recognized that pharmacists have a great place within healthcare mm -hmm. and that we should be recognized as practitioners. And we're probably one of the best suited uh, professions and uh, that would be able to prescribe because we know the drug. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Um, doctors only do a certain amount of drug interactions because that's not their wheelhouse. That's yours. It's the pharmacy. That's the nurse that's prescribers are like doctors to a point, you know. So why wouldn't you have? a pharmacist prescribing like you have a nurse prescriber. I can't uh -huh. see what the difference is. That's very true. And it's funny mm -hmm. that the lobbying groups and the association surrounding nurses and doctors are strong, but historically those types of groups surrounding pharmacists have been weak. We mm -hmm. haven't been a cohesive body. And that's one of the reasons why I sit on the board of directors for APC is to give that voice. And because in England, there's a, a crisis that we are short of medical professionals, doctors, nurses, etc. And I'm sure it must be similar into the, the US. It would be so much similar. easier for patients to have access to medical care if all those pharmacists that were ready and willing and able to become prescribers, surely that would take a lot of pressure off your health system. Yeah, and I think that it's a it's a partnership with those people. So it's not like we're taking power away from a, a no. practitioner. We're yep. sharing the the process. And I think we make them more effective. So if a physician only has five or 10 minutes to meet with a patient, 
we can work behind the scenes and write suggested prescriptions. We can measure outcomes with prescribers and patients. And it's that triad. It's the relationship between a pharmacist, a patient, and uh, a practitioner that really uh, rounds out that whole process. Exactly. All for the good of the patient. That's correct. You know, we have that kind of time. So that's something that APC, that independent group I was telling you about, they have a new product. They have something called Outcomes MD, which is a platform available to both pharmacists and providers. It interfaces with electronic healthcare records. And they have a very new platform specific to naltrexone that I can text a survey to my patient once they receive their prescription. It will establish a baseline of symptoms with that patient associated with naltrexone. And then I can start to measure and monitor outcomes measures subsequent to, to that to prove that it's either working or if there's some sort of gap in therapy, it's something that I can go back and now recognize because the beauty of compounding is it's something that we can modulate, fix and make better because it's personalized medicine. Mm. Yes. And it's always, um, if you want to do um, write a paper, you've got to start with a baseline. So for people exactly. filling in that survey initially before they take the first pill, capsule, whatever it may be, yes. you then got the baseline, which right. makes such a big difference, doesn't it? With um, I would say to the pharmacists in the United States that might hear this, the data that's being collected by Outcomes MTM, Outcomes MD, I meant to say, uh, will become redacted and shared back to the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding. And this is something that we can show evidence to the FDA that compounding is valid, mm -hmm. that the roots of pharmacy are truly in, in compounding. We've been doing this as a privilege for thousands of years, uh, but with a stroke of a pen, uh, federal regulatory bodies could take that away from us. So I think it's important if we want to preserve really valuable and powerful things like LDN and BHRT and th all those things that go with it, we have to be proactive. And I should think you're quite big in the um, hormone community, are you? Yeah, I mean, within uh, the community of everything that's possible within non-sterile compounding and sterile compounding. I've got a new role. So beyond being a facilitator for educational programs where I teach, I've taught a lot of the United States how to compound, literally. I've been teaching compounding for 15 years. Um, I've been advocates for, you know, um, colleges of pharmacy and so on and so forth. But when you take a program like that, I think people don't know what to do on Monday morning when they get home. They've taken a course, they've gone to college, but they still need somebody to hold their hand through the process. And uh, Medisca now, the parent company, the global leader in, in compounding, really has uh, allowed me to open this channel and I become a, what's called a success partner. I have two other people that are working with me. I've got another coach that's working as a, a coach in remote patient monitoring and uh, clinical services. And I have another coach that's specializing in like pharmacy operations, CEO mindset, leadership. So when somebody wants to open the niche market of non-sterile compounding, or maybe they already are 
a fantastic non-sterile compounder, but they want to open the niche market of LDN, I can walk them through that process. And -hmm. really this, this whole team would guide them on that effort. So it's something that's very new. And this is what we're going to kind of splash at the LDN conference. What I was going to ask it or to say is that third party testing is very important and pharmacists hold that in very high regard because as a pharmacist, you can say there is definitely 4.5 milligrams in my capsules. But if you you send it. I would love to comment on that. Okay. You know, I have what I affectionately call pharmacists that behave more like bartenders. They're dabblers in non-sterile compounding. Then I have pharmacists that are truly professional, personalized compounding uh, pharmacists. And they're they're very different. It's different than just crushing a 50 milligram tablet and dividing it in some way to make a capsule or some other preparation. If you used an FDA grade USP grade uh, active pharmaceutical ingredient from somebody like Medisca, and you learned how to manipulate that. So a little bit of show and tell. This is five milligrams of naltrexone. This is 50 milligrams of naltrexone. Very difficult for somebody to weigh that precisely. You have to learn how to weigh the unweighable. You need to learn how to do Uh, mixtures that if I was making a capsule, even if every one of my capsules, the finished product weighed exactly 300 milligrams with the the finished powders in there. So if I make a hundred capsules at a time, if they all just by chance weigh 300 milligrams, my theoretical weight, how would I really know 4.5 milligrams or 1.5 milligrams on the titration was really in those capsules? Because that predicates itself on homogeneity and content uniformity when we make that mixture powder blend to start with. So we would need devices like uh, the Mazaraster back there. That's an inverse planetary mixer. We would need testing facilities to confirm and validate repeatedly that when I make a mixture in service of making a 1.5 milligram capsule or a three or a 4.5 or what have you, that I do have a homogenous blend so that when I make those capsules and I do weigh, weigh the correct amount, the finished preparation uh, is correct. So I believe that all pharmacists should operate by the family rule. Like if I was making that from my mom, I was making that from my wife. If it's not good enough to dispense to any of those people, then I shouldn't be doing this. So, you know, if you're just dropping a tablet into a glass of water, are you thinking about the fact that naltrexone is the uh, salt of a strong acid? And it could be either more dissociated or less dissociated in the presence of an acid or a base. It could undergo hydrolysis in water. It's not stable. What happens if a lot of the uh, excipient ingredients have grabbed onto that drug and it's at the bottom of the glass? And you're supposed to drink one-tenth of this glass to give you, you know, the five milligrams, which is going to be nearly impossible. So at the beginning of that glass, maybe you get a, a light dose. At the bottom of the glass, maybe you get a heavy dose. And you're looking at a narrow therapeutic index drug where we're telling people that 1.5 milligrams in increments, this is what you need to do, 
if, if we're giving people instructions that are that precise, if we're doing very low, uh, low dose naltrexone and ultra low dose naltrexone, how is that possible without this committed validated process? Exactly. Well, we've run out of time. So would you like to give people your website so they can go and find out more? Yes, uh, I would tell them to go on to medisca.com. They can look at pharmacy success partners. They can look at our services. They can look at formulation development. We have everything really in need from LP3 education. Uh, it's a one-stop shop really to get somebody up to speed and able to do something like this, which really is something that you really need to pay, pay close attention to because if you don't do it right, we can cause patient harm instead of patient good. And I think that if you really wanna do things correctly, you want to work with somebody like this company, Medisca. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.